0: Chapter eighteen of Almond Blossom. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Almond Blossom by Olive Wadsley. Chapter eighteen. La nécessité empoison les mots qu'elle ne no peut guérir, La Rochefoucauld. No influence could avert an inquest. The Barley Mow Inn and the little village became famous mrs law the landlord's wife was never tired of giving reporters a full account of all that had happened doro's face looked out at the world from every halfpenny rag the romantic secret of her birth and adoption was published far and wide and many other things were published contradicted published again and so on until the interest in the affair died it died slowly and ione suffered a rage of humiliation whilst it lasted she went everywhere it was possible to go whilst mourning pan's death and she maintained an even composure before her world she stayed in town until the accustomed date for her departure doro was obliged or certain technical reasons to be at berkeley square for the last week of june she had ceased to mind where she was hurst point had been like a prison tony had spoken seldom g was ill even the servants looked at her askance no one quite understood what had happened that night at the inn or rather everyone believed what they secretly wished to believe and that is nearly always the worst ione was as just to doro as it was in her to be but she too had suffered and suffering had changed her brilliance to a certain light bitterness which wounded and stung doro knew as if ione had said the words to her that she would never forgive her for having created a disgraceful scandal in the family it was the one unforgivable sin. Doro ceased to care, finally, what she thought or what anyone thought. After any tragedy, great or small, there follows a period of exhaustion in which is enfolded banality, a tepid dreariness, simply by reason of contrast. This exhaustion settled on Doro. She lived through the days in a sort of grey trance, a cloak of misery about her soul, a deadly weariness in her body. "'Occasionally in the night she would wake and remember and feel for one second "'the intense sorrow which, at first, had nearly cost her her reason. "'She would re-imagine that last long look at Pan when he had lain so white, "'so still in his coffin, the chiseled beauty of his face a wonderful mask in death. "'Ioni had insisted, with disinterested composure, that she should take up her music again. "'You must do something.' Cavini, as astute as only a bourgeois Italian or Frenchman who has made himself known can be, had wondered greatly about Doro. The truth concerning her birth had intrigued him greatly. He rallied her on her slackness. "'What does it matter?' Doro asked bleakly. "'What does anything matter, or will anything, a hundred years hence?' Nothing mattered now, nor did anyone care what became of her. She seemed to belong to no one.' tony rarely spoke ione was unapproachable she had sinned past forgiveness gazing at cavini a thought struck her for the first time for weeks she had been seeking an escape suddenly it seemed to her a way opened cavini had been searching for some music he turned and gave a snort of contemptuous clearness who talks of a hundred years hence he retorted I speak of to-day, and the fact that you are neglecting your voice, oh, you women, with your sentimentality. It would not matter if it did not affect you vitally, but it does. Something has happened to you, and you refuse, therefore, to take care of the loveliest gift a woman can have. My God, how wasteful, and how silly, too! For if one thing fails, why not take up another? Nothing satisfies so much in this life as art, when one succeeds in it. "'And you, you have the voice to carry you where you wish.' "'Doro gave a hard little laugh. "'Then let it, and you, guide me,' she said composedly, "'but two brilliant spots of color flamed in her cheeks. "'Cavinie said testily, "'I do not understand.' "'Ah, like most people, now you are asked to prove your words you draw back.' "'What words, how?' "'Cavinie ejaculated.' doro rose and stood beside the piano you said just now if one thing failed why not take up another and that nothing succeeds like successful art and you believe in my voice very well take it me train both of us for the opera cavini's little eyes glittered for a moment then he said unctuously, ah you jest signorina your people what of them i do not belong to them doro said slowly and as she spoke, for the very first time in her life, she realized that truth. Sudden burning tears filled her eyes. Through them she gazed at Cavini. "'Are you willing to do this?' she asked him defiantly. He opened his hand with a deprecating gesture. Already his astute mind was weighing the possible loss, wealthy profits, consequent upon his exploitation of doro, should he entertain her suggestion.' and as she stood there the faint sunlight touching her hair her face etherealized by its sadness sheer artistic admiration swept aside every other consideration at last there would be a young mimi slight alluring passionately appealing and louise and carmen and then in wagnerian work he caught hold of Doro's hands yes and yes and yes he exclaimed The moisture of artistic perception glistening in his eyes, the vision of triumphant achievement in his mind. Then, Doro said indifferently, I want to leave England at once. End of chapter eighteen, recording by Maricel